into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, sleepyheads! Welcome back to the Sleepy Hollow After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, joined tonight by my fantastic co-host, Jackie Borowski. Hi guys, it's good to be back. She's back. I want we'll, we'll, I want to get your reactions to some past episodes as well. Oh, yeah, um, but I'm so excited to talk about tonight's episode. There's, there's some definitely some things that need discussing after this episode. I, I would call this episode... I think I was a little disappointed in that because of the title, I had hyped it up in my mind to be Mama. Like, I uh, hyped okay. it up so I was expecting these, like, epic reveals and and this, like, epic character movement. Um, but it was a solid episode, and I think, I think I would have actually thought it was a great episode if I hadn't psyched myself up in my brain because of the title. Thanks, title. <laughs> Damn titles. Damn titles. You make uh, me all excited. Well, before we get any further, um, if you want to tweet at me throughout the week, throughout the show, you can do so at that Zach Wilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And I'm at 123Jackie underscore B, and that's Jackie spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E. Um, I've also been live tweeting the episodes here while I'm watching them at AfterBuzz. Yeah, because you actually watch them at like an appropriate time. Yes. I watch them at like God knows what hour based so on our schedules. So I've been watching them with the uh, West Coast feed. So if you want, if you want to either watch with the West Coast feed or rewatch from the East Coast feed to the West Coast <laughs> feed, you can join me on the live tweet. Although next week, follow. Make sure to check on Twitter because next week's a two. There's two hours. Yeah, next week so I actually might have to not watch it at the right We will figure time. it out. We will figure it out. Stay tuned. Let's talk about this week's episode, The Sisters Mills. You're right. Definitely thought we would get more about the sisters, the sisters. Mills. I mean, <laughs> we did learn that Jenny, um, that Jenny already knew about the dad, which that's... In itself, I'm actually not surprised. Yeah, that that adds up. I mean, Jenny's very smart. Right. It makes sense She's that at some point... She's a researcher by trade. Yeah, and at some point she would go, huh, wonder what happened to that guy. Right? And, I mean, if the guys from Catfish can find people that easily, I, see, <laughs> I think, like, Jenny can do it without, like, FBI files, you know? I mean, Abby has the whole FBI to... FBI, like, what what do you call it? Like, network to help her out that Jenny doesn't, but Jenny is, like, her own version of a spy, you know? She's a rogue spy. Um, or not a spy, like a rogue smart person. <laughs> a rogue finder of things. I don't, I don't know what to title her, but I, I kind of expected that she would know where her dad was before Abby would. Um, and so I, I don't think that was entirely shocking to me. It was yeah. more like, oh, that makes sense. You know, and we sort of, this was just sort of teasing out um, a plot point mentioned in the last episode or two. I, I'm i also surprised, though, that we didn't, I guess it'll come up later because they we they end up not wanting to find him. But we don't really have much info on him. I feel like we we will inevitably find out who he is and find out that he is super important yeah i i mean i really want i i really want it to be not just like oh uh your dad is just a deadbeat surprise boring i don't want that to happen it's it's too flat of a note for this show right and it's too like the fact that we like the only pictures the only images that we've seen are him from behind in that one shot that abby like down the lens they're hiding it. They're yes. hiding the reveal of either who it is. It's like it's either somebody important that right. I mean, I don't know that it's somebody we'd recognize because I I don't even know who that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about who like characters that we've met that even could be their father. Right, There's right. No one. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, literally no one. Let's be honest. No one. Unless it's, it's magically Irving. Yeah. Yeah. It's a young cast, so it's like, uh, it really can't be anyone we know, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty unless, much. unless it's like, surprise. Um, Time travel Irving? No. Um, <laughs> what's his face? What's his face? Uh, Ichabod's son who died last season. Oh, Henry? <laughs> yeah, what if it turns out to be Henry and they didn't know all along and it's like Henry's a shapeshifter but he's actually their dad and so they're actually related <laughs> in some sort of weird way. It's awkward. Be real. I mean, not for any like struggle, but that'd be real weird. Especially like how you already killed him. Yeah, that's he's, true. I mean, he is dead. That's true. I'm not making for, any sense. Forget yeah. what I said. Um, But uh, before we get into the, deeper into this episode... What did, what did you think of last week? And specifically, I want to know your opinion, because we didn't have it, of this moment between Ichabod and Abby, where everyone was yelling that it was, like, this deep emotional moment, and both Stephen and I were like, was that supposed to be, like, them, like, being like intensely together i didn't even i didn't even feel that i read it the same way i read a very similar moment in the weeping lady where it's like and and actually when you think about this episode and ichabod kind of says i don't shit where i eat you know he says that he doesn't want to have relationships with people that he works with because inevitably it, it hinders him or whatever mm-hmm. um I actually sort of saw Abby's relationship with him as a parallel. He works very closely with Abby, so I could see where even if he had an interest, he has just stated that he wouldn't go after that interest. And we yeah. can tell that they that they feel very strongly about each other. He said she's the, she's the strongest person he knows. Um, so I, I read it the same way I read the Weeping Lady moment, where it's it's like... Even if you go not just on the level of like, oh, they have natural chemistry, they would be a great couple, but they're two witnesses who who are alone in this together. I mean, yes, they have Joe or they have um, uh, Jenny working with them, but they're the only ones that are witnesses. Mm-hmm. So they're the only ones who are really responsible for what's going on. And I and I think that when you feel like you're going to lose your team member, it's like like losing your partner, you yeah. know? It's like losing an arm. You need that person to function. Just yeah. like in this episode, Ichabod tells her, "I this is not your time to go. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're the best of friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it was. It was a deep emotional... It, I saw it as a, a very deep emotional moment, but I don't think that it stands out higher or lower than other deep emotional moments that they've had together yeah i should clarify when i say it was definitely emotional i meant um like relation like shipping wise people were thinking it was a very big like sign of things to come i didn't see that at all i think they're dropping that throughout all of the seasons though i don't think i think they're doing a Mulder and scully on us it's like you you know the audience wants these people together you know the audience is going to put them together because they have good chemistry they work well together um so why not why not sprinkle these things in to give us to give us hope not me i am totally <laughs> zikabod team zikabod right here <laughs> i will say even though uh i'm an ikabi shipper for life um i do like uh, that actress by the way um she's on the nick and her character on the nick right now has no teeth so <laughs> uh every time i see her i'm just like you're the lady with no teeth that's um, a great parallel yeah which week. is the nick is a great show you guys should watch it but um so she i actually like her as if we're being given like an alternative love interest so that we can do the, oh, let's put Ichabod and Abby apart until we have, like, the final episode of the final season where we can finally put them together. Um, if we're doing that to throw, like, a wrench in their path, I actually think Zoe is the best character outside of Caroline that they've put in there because yeah. Ichabod's kind of nerdy. I mean, it's so weird. It was so weird to me in the flashback when he kissed Betsy Ross back in that, like, kind of, like, passionate, devil-may-care, takes charge kind of way, because I was like, it doesn't, A, really match up with the time period. Um, that, How she's behaving? 
Well, how they're both behaving, you know? In because, public. Yeah, it was... In the flashbacks we've had before, we had this, like, kind of, like, hoo-hoo-hoo sort of flirting, where you're like, oh, this is very fancy. It was a very sleeping to the yeah, Abbey. Yeah, we're, we're, we're being very, like, outward... We're flirting, but only we would know that. Yes. Not... I'm going to make out with you on the battlefield. In a, yeah, in a field full of people. And I, I again, maybe in the, the last time they kissed, they were in a wagon, like, by themselves in the wilderness. Okay, I get that. But, like, you're doing it in a society that didn't do that in front of, like, a mm -hmm. whole bunch of people, so... To kiss your... Even your spouse in that era was considered inappropriate. Right. Let and alone, like, making like, out. I was like, mm, awkward times. Let alone unmarried... People right? who are not like courting each other no. officially in any way. No, <laughs> like on the war front, it's a real weird thing. It's a weird thing, and and it's just uh, it's just interesting because if this show had those kind of flashbacks before, where it was kind of like, man, we don't care about like we don't care about making a point about how things were different back then. But this show constantly says how things were different back then. Yeah, I mean, this. I was a little bit uh, annoyed with the Betsy. Like, Betsy Ross li literally says, just go with it. Right? Like, <laughs> you want to talk about what a 21st century sentence. Right. Just go with it was never said in the 1780s. And so that whole scene where I'm like... Okay, I I see her character set up as being more brazen. She's she's kind of um, like a sex kitten. Okay, if that's the premise, then even still, I don't see like I don't see these characters that, as doing this. that. Could add up behind closed doors, right? Is the thing, right? Um, but not in public. It just no. it just wouldn't it just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, it was just that was a weird moment for me, and it, it was weird because too. I'm like he consistently. Um, even, even when you think of good Katrina before she started to become like a whole, like evil Katrina or hot mess Katrina or whatever, when they first envisioned the idea of the character, she was very kind of like withdrawn, low key. Ichabod tends to like these, um, these women who are not kind of like brazen, bodacious, bod, boob. Well, not I shouldn't say bodacious body because all the women he's liked have had wonderful bodies. Um, it's but, television, though. Yeah, it's television. <laughs> but it, it's like you think about the people that he's been flirting with, and then her. I'm like, she just doesn't add up to me. It just doesn't add up. I like, I do like Zoe as a character interest. I like that they're flirting over like sending. She's sending selfies with a Thomas Paine novel. Do you, um, and then actually, he made a Bitmoji. That was awesome. I don't know what Bitmoji is. <gasps> is that a thing? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Later on, I'm gonna tweet out my Bitmoji. My sister made me make a Bitmoji, and it's um, it's like emojis, but you create it for yourself. And instead of, like, little faces, it's, like, your whole body. And you can be doing things like Ichabod okay. was doing where he's riding the... Show me yeah. after the show. I'm going to tweet it at everybody um, so you can see my But I did, I did copy down all of the text exchanges <laughs> in this episode. They were fun. They're so... I, I don't know if you guys at home or Jack, did you freeze it? I didn't freeze it. It's so it. funny. Um... It's it, like Ichabod to in the first one. Ichabod tweets like, "You should really read Common Sense. I really think you'd like it. Why? It would appeal to your strong moral compass." <laughs> <laughs> and then Zoe tweets back. Also, it bears mentioning that I really like your coat, monkey see emoji. <laughs> I love that. Amazing. I and also love that Ichabod is learning how to use emojis. Yes. Um, and then the, the second one is, Zoe says, are you having a good week? All right. Busy as always. And yourself? Good. Uh, blushing smiley face emoji. I just started watching the John Adams miniseries. <laughs> have you seen it? Not yet, but I have been meaning to. Are you enjoying it? So far, I think it's great. The tar and feathering scene was very intense, though. <laughs> to which Ichabod responds, Yes, it was a horrendous practice. I never supported it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Come on, Ichabod, be cool, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> 
amazing. Yes. It's, I, it's so quick, but it's just the, the attention to detail in those. And so it, the, the first one set up the common sense uh, selfie mm-hmm. tweet back. And stuff. But those are the moments we love in Sleepy Hollow. This this humor that you have, this person who has time traveled and how are they relating to it? Yeah. I mean, one of my most favorite moments was when he talks to the, was in the North Star or whatever, the, the passage, navi- the car navigator person. <laughs> It's always it's always good. Um, one thing that I, I thought of just as you were talking about it, do you think they created this specific character of Zoe in response to the audience reaction to Caroline last season? Yes. Because they very yes. much crafted a yes. character who 100% like is into the historical stuff, yes. like works near it at least, if not, she's not as, in, as deeply into it right. as Caroline was, right. but... She is absolutely in that world. Right. Because I think the show, I mean, I don't mean to characterize other audience members, but I do think this show appeals to a large nerd population. Mm-hmm. I mean, nerds tend to like genre films. We tend to like his, like historical facts that... and, and we, Historical fiction appeals to one set of nerds. Yeah. Monsters and supernatural and science fiction appeals to another set of nerds. Combine the two... You're going to get nerds. This show does have a broader appeal. Right. That's part of being on network television. It has to. But it very much does feed that audience. Right. And it's like, I love to see the the nerd characters on the show. I love to see the smart characters on the show. I love to see characters that I feel I can relate to in some way. Um, Because I don't think a lot of people can watch a show and be like, oh, yes, I relate to Ichabod, the man out of time who is the superhero. No. I mean, I've said said from the beginning, most people are going to relate to Abby because um, she's... Because she's having the experiences that, I guess, we would be having. Um, And then the same thing with the Zoe character. She's kind of like a, a historical nerd like the historical nerds watching the show would be. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun. Um, I, I want to see more from the character. I have a big prediction for her that I'm going to save. You're going to have to wait until the end of the episode, the end of the podcast to get it. Um, but I have a big prediction for what's going to go down with Zoe. Um, so let's get into, with all the shipping talk and, uh, into the actual meat of this episode, which was the Tooth Fairy or the Abizu. Yes, the Abizu. I had some, um... I had some Twitter followers say that this reminded them of... Now I can't find it on my Twitter because we have no internet in here. But Darkness Falls, I think. There was like a character on a movie that Emma Caulfield was on. I think it's Darkness Falls. I'm sorry now that I didn't write this down. But um, it reminded people of that. It reminded me of the... um, like of the exorcist the walking backwards thing and yeah. uh of the movie mama because the I character the character on mama kind of does the same exorcist thing where you like crawl around it was so the, the it was well done this it, like was a well done character. that monster is definitely it's not my favorite like monster in terms of lore and everything but mm-hmm. there's some very cool stuff like visually and yes. like i i love um, well, the things I liked, I like the explanation of why we put co- like quarters and yes, things under I our like pillows. That too. Great, yes. Um, that's what I think this show can do. The so strong is to provide those like weird supernatural explanations for everyday behavior. That's right. one of my favorite, and stuff. even little things that. Um, I actually did not know. I I tweeted out is Paul was Paul Revere a dentist and. People tweeted back at me with articles. Yes, mm-hmm. Paul Revere was actually a dentist. It's fun because I'm like, I learned something on Sleepy Hollow today. Yeah, I mean, that's what what it was in those days. Like, a, a, when you had to go into this kind of a war. Like, it wasn't career soldiers. It was whoever they could get. So, yeah, the, one of the war heroes was a dentist. See, I thought he was just, like, a silversmith. But I guess not. Yeah. Um, it did... Uh, well, I like. I will. Speaking of Paul Revere and the silver and everything, I I love. Let me go back a step. That was one of the things that frustrated me. 
in this and it was on this i felt like there was a little bit of a step backwards um because the first few the first few episodes of the season i thought did a great job with not making it feel super like overly convenient when ichabod like has all this knowledge like there was a little bit but it wasn't super heavy-handed this is back to last season where it was constantly oh we have this monster well i have this exact memory but he had that it's the same thing he had with um jack the ripper it was like i have this exact memory it triggers this research but jack the ripper there was they added it they had a specific reason Mm -hmm. i get and i guess that's supposed to be the point is that pandora's going through like things he has encountered in his life but it made sense with jack the ripper it was one of his most haunted memories was this kid that had died when he was a kid um and it so within that episode it totally added up why and then they they also brought it in at the the premiere like why it was that person who was haunting him this was just like an, i he happened to have encountered been next to this monster like in the vicinity of it during in the 1700s if you're gonna like i feel like if you're gonna do that there needs to be it you need to deal with it like in the episode like make call it out because it feels especially just within watching that episode really just convenient mm-hmm. to me i mean did you feel the same way or did um did it, did it not bother you it didn't bother me i didn't i didn't really think too much about it um i figure i'm part of me just figures that ichabod because we've set him up kind of as like the colonial guy who know, knew everybody at the time mm-hmm. um the forest gump of the revolutionary right, war right we set we set it up they've set it up like that so it it doesn't bother me because i feel like that's why they have this character there because they're like okay well he's related to everything and all these things are interconnected yeah, um, I guess I just want them to deal with it more. And, mm-hmm. like, I, last week's episode sort of set it up, but a reference to it or something to make it feel like it, it is part of a bigger plan and mm-hmm. not just coincidence. Right. Is, like, I guess what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, but coincidence, that being, you mean, as to why she picked the demon she picked? Yeah, and just because otherwise it yeah. feels so easy when he's like, well, I remember this one night when Betsy Ross and her niece kicked me out of the room. So right. I wasn't really in there. I didn't see this. But I recall that Paul Revere was there and, and et cetera, et cetera. Part et cetera. of me wonders, though, I mean, with the fact that we've had um, we've had these, these characters deal with um, the people, the villains that they dealt with this season, the monsters, I should say. Um, are things that are directly related to them. So I wonder, like, is Pandora testing them? Because she doesn't seem to be trying to kill them. And I can't tell if this is just a Sailor Moon problem where we, like, just send villains at you because we know we can't kill you or whatever. But she was in the room with Abby and had every opportunity to kill her, but instead she kind of just taunted her and gave her information. I wonder if there's... A lot of what Pandora is doing has been based in ritual, right? Um, the tree, mm-hmm. the water, um, how she opens the box and right. loses the monsters. I wonder if they she needs to get them into a certain place, mm-hmm. or like a place or a time, or maybe even she needs to divide them in mm-hmm. some way. And so she's throwing things at them to weaken them. It seems to be backfiring as they right. are closer together than ever, but if it's something like that that she just needs to it reminds me of the velociraptors from the original jurassic park she's sending them systematically testing the perimeter for for weaknesses uh but that's sort of i think what pandora might be doing yeah she's just like she's systematically sending monsters at them until she can uncover something that will eventually defeat them or it's our it's closer to our original theory where what she's doing is end of the day somehow for the better for the greater good see it's it's so weird to me because they bring up this destroyer name again and she she calls abby that name and what is um sorry i wrote it down she says 
Do, do, do. Oh my gosh. Where did I write this? It was, uh, oh yeah. Um, okay, never mind. I'll find right. it. I'll find it. <laughs> um, I'll think well, on that later. I mean, there was, there was, uh, with Pandora, um, there was a lot of stuff. Um, oh, she says, you're not like the others. You don't crave mortality, not your own, not your sister's. Yeah. Um, so she, you don't crave mortality. That, that line actually confused me. It's weird because it sounds very vampiric. Like, you don't, like, want to destroy yourself or your sister. Or is it that, like, she's saying that everyone in this team thinks they're supernatural and would rather be all, like, see themselves as all powerful. They don't crave being human. Right. Interesting. Okay. Now that's starting to make sense. Not because mortality, like, my, I was just stuck on, like, mortality versus immortality. Mm. Like, the ability to die right um i'm like but they can die like what are you or maybe they can't like maybe they are superhuman i don't know um but see it's weird the way she put it because she says you don't crave mortality not your own not your sisters not your other napolutu or whatever it is um then you start to wonder okay is is she including her sister in the Napalutu? Like, is she including Jenny as one of the destroyers? Or is she saying that, um, is she saying that, like, you're not self-destructive or you're not, destru- like, destructive towards people around you? Um, or is she saying that you think you're, you think you're immortal? Because when you think of immortality versus yeah. mortality, like... Um, I mean, well, the, she gives us this little story. God spoke to my father um, told him and told him to beat me mm-hmm. until I had until I lost all language. That made me think of, like, uh, there's, like, a, a clear, like, Tower of Babylon sort of... It feels like that. There's a reference there. Just a loss of language. But maybe that's just an extre- uh, the extreme of it. Until she couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, sold her into slavery. And uh, then later she convinced her aunt, I believe it was, to feed, feed her, her father, father to, to, a a lion. Li- to his own lion. I, I'm i asking, this is, a, this is another fan challenge. I'm asking because Ichabod says that this is obviously not the Greek myth. And he says that... Um, Pandora is a myth across cultures, and they say that this is Pandora related to Sumerian culture. Is there, if you guys know, if this is actually like a Sumerian tale, this particular yeah, I, tale? We didn't have I would enough be time. They're doing research on Sumerian folklore. I had no time to do that between watching and getting into the studio. I literally watched it and then walked into the studio. Yeah. So. Um, but it's very interesting, and we'll try to come back next week if we can dig up anything on right. that. Um, did you see that half a second at the very end where Pandora's face, like, transformed? No. Oh, yeah. I did the not catch that. The very last, I had to replay it, like, three times. Because um, it's so quick, I co- I, it took me, like, four tries to freeze frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost looks reptilian. And, yeah, there's a couple people in the chat roll, like... Um, making sure like did you guys notice it because it was so quick um it looks like she gets scaly it's sort of a green or dark brown like thing that just forms on her face that's interesting um uh i've no no idea what that is leading to we see a flower bloom and then boom like mini like but she's happy about it jessica bryant in the chat role has a great theory but it was her theory Maybe she is collecting fear, doubt, and whatnot to change back into her true form. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I like that. I just think she's a shapeshifter in general. I mean, we had that one scene where she's walking alongside the cop car. They look away, and she instantly changed. So I do think that she's able to appear not to not to Abby and Ichabod but maybe appear to the town as a whole because we've set this up that this is a small town but she seems to be everywhere in the town so maybe there's some sort of glamour going on where she can appear different ways to different people 
Yeah, um, definitely a shapeshifter. Or, but if she is like, and she, the thing is, when she did that flash, it looked like there was a pleasure in it. Mm-hmm. So if she enjoys being in her reptilian form, for lack of a better right clarification, um, w- in private, why not be that? We only see her in human form. That's a good point. I wonder if point. that has to do with the line about mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, because you like, she's like surprised, like you crave. You do not crave mortality. Does she crave it? Um, or does she see someone like her that doesn't want to be human? Maybe she was made human mm-hmm. as either a punishment or a reward, depending on how you look at yeah. it. Um, maybe she had the... Maybe when she lost her language, that was her losing her like creature-ness. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it. No, that makes sense. Um, her identity. Yeah as whatever right this whatever monster she was maybe she's one of the horsemen zach that yeah. would be awesome what if she i know they said that it wasn't tied to greek myth but what if she is a gorgon we have gotten gorgons gotten actually gorgons. on the show before. that's the only reason Curses. why we didn't go there yeah yeah um so we know we know where the gorgons are in our mythology yeah fair enough um yeah sylvia loves asking is she the true pandora i mean we're told no mm-hmm it's a big misdirect for them. I think that that's to say it's not this and then reveal it is this is like everyone learned from JJ Abrams and uh, Star Trek into darkness. Don't just say if you must, if you don't want us to think it is just say nothing. Don't say it's not this because then when it's that we're just like, come on. Right. Right. Why? (laughs) Um, so con. <laughs> we Sorry. knew you were con the whole time, <laughs> the whole darn time. Cumber con. Anyway, sorry. Uh, this is aside. Um, so I think there's a lot to uh, that brief, less than half a second at the end of the episode, loaded with stuff, and we'll be, we'll get into. I some felt more. like that whole scene with her and Abby was pretty loaded too. Oh yeah. It was just not, but it's not as loaded as half a second with massive implications. True. Um, That's about as much like the amount of you could pack into that. I also noticed in that in that conversation that she's having with Abby, she says, "What's the one thing you can't bear to lose?" I felt like she was threatening Jenny in that moment, and I was sure by the end of the episode she would have attacked Jenny or something. Because she's mentioning, oh, you don't care about your father. Oh, your mother, like, we already know what happened to your mother. So she literally listed off her two other family members and then asked her what she, like, does not want to lose. And I'm like, you just threatened her sister, basically. I I took she, it that way. She is sort of, she is coming out of a coma. Yeah. Um, I, I would, would sort of chalk it up to that. And I think Abby also, especially after going through her FBI training, mm-hmm. knows how to keep a stone face. Yeah. Can uh, we also talk about the fact that in the last episode, Ichabod injected himself with some sort of illness and was stabbed, but seems fine this episode. And Abby's <laughs> coma took up like half of the episode. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Abby just hit her head. To be fair, we don't. Well, I thought that I thought that Abby um, was affected by the Tooth Fairy. Mm, maybe I thought she got hit by the Tooth Fairy a little bit, and it was. But Pandora was able to wake her. Well, I mean, it just seems weird to me because you have like the other characters fighting the Tooth Fairy and not having the same reaction. I it was very quick. I thought I saw the Tooth Fairy like grab her mm-hmm. at one point um and that or maybe that was when they they stabbed the tooth fairy with it's just more fun to say tooth fairy than, than it is true. to say a bizu it is um, true it was so quick i guess when they stabbed the tooth fairy with the silver i my brain i thought that in that moment she also got grabbed by the tooth fairy and that was when she got knocked unconscious but i guess she could have hit her head yeah but she wasn't like stabbed and then injected with an illness 
I still don't understand how Ichabod was like tra la 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 in this episode. Boo boo uh, in the chat roll says uh, Abby just hit her head. So I guess it was it was quick. I I don't know. Uh, we only have time to watch it once. Um, but uh, let's also talk about the rest of the episode. Yes. Um, the monster and like we got the the these this little girl like it was a good parallel but the two sets of the sisters. Two sets of sisters. Um, there was some. I have to say though, okay, the first the first scene where the little girl is looking at her sister and the monsters like sucking stuff out of her. Um, I immediately thought, and I know this drives you guys crazy, but Buffy paved the way for a lot of these supernatural shows. <laughs> There's an episode at the beginning of season four where Buffy has a roommate named Kathy who is like sucking out life as people sleep. So, um, that's what it reminded me of. It looked exactly like that. I felt like it was an homage. Okay. Right, I but see it. Moving on from that. Yeah. Um, so the, the, um, I, I love how quickly Jenny came up with that plan. Yes. Like, we have this problem. I have an intricate plan to get you into that school and find out exactly I whose loved teeth it. are loose. I loved it. Oh, it was it. great. It yeah. was just like the, Jenny had it like that. Right? <laughs> It was great. It was a great idea. Uh, She's quick on her feet. I love how much Ichabod is impersonating, like, a leader of a historical society. Yes, to the point where he asked for that bag later on, and I'm like, what are you going to do if they ask to see where you're putting all your historical objects in your museum (laughs) that you don't have? Or why is this historical society they're borrowing? I I mean, granted, there's an FBI agent calling, so I guess there's, like, a a little bit of a step back from needing to prove anything. But I'm like, we have the internet. You could, like, Google Hudson Valley Historical Society and see, like, nothing pops up. Wait a minute. I don't think there's a... There's an exhibition of forging the forefathers, the men behind the masters. That was, I did love that he came up with that, at, like, off the top of his head. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that he just, like, was able to talk to this person. He's like, let me talk to them in their language. Yes. <laughs> uh, how now? How now? How, how do you fare? And all I'm hearing is, how now, brown cow? Yep. I love that he said how now, like, several <laughs> times in this episode. Superlative. Uh, which I'm like, wait, is that how that word's used? Well, I've been using it very wrong. Um, they're like, Ichabod, this, whoever wrote this episode, and I don't have the name in front of me, they just put a lot of comedy in. Like, very yes. much a big horror episode. Also very funny. Like, I think you need that, though, because if the episode was bogged down with too much horror, we, we would just leave feeling depressed instead of I, having fun. Yeah, I mean, like, right next to, like, the, the these lines about like forging the forefathers is creepy effing ceiling crawler. <laughs> like that's the two things that this episode was. Um what did you think of the Paul Revere silver gun? I loved it. I loved it because I think that's what Sleepy Hollow does best. Mm-hmm. Is these make make these uh inventions like we had the Benjamin Franklin hologram and we had Frankenstein. Um, miss you, Franklin Stein. Miss you, Franklin Stein. <laughs> this whole before I was watching this episode, um, I kept thinking of like Abby and Jenny as kids, and I was like, "Oh, their song would be, do you want to build a Franklin Stein?" <laughs> <laughs> I want it. I want it. Um, um, but I, I, I think this is one of the things that I love about Sleepy Hollow is the the weird like technology we can get from 1776 where it turns out that this is actually like a spy device or this is actually something else. Yeah. Um it's fun and I like yeah. the um the silver nitrate yes. and the flash. It made it very it made it very visual whenever they fire it. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of wish some they would lend this to another show that you and I did. Feels like this was way more effective than any of their weapons. Yeah. Not going to say which one, but those of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Um but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. Um, my, my whole time I was thinking like, oh, he's going to break that gun and the historical society is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> or he's going to send it back to them like, what did you do? <laughs> you used our dental tools to build a gun. How did you do it? I think we just learned something weird about Paul Revere. <laughs> 
get the get the get the history books. Um, Paul Revere, Vampire Hunter. I like that. Uh, <laughs> um, any any other thoughts on uh, on the Abizu? Um, there was a weird. I guess there another another like mini gripe I had with this episode. Um, the little girl's parents. I guess that I get that they're like wrapped up with their their daughter that's in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are talking to that to their other daughter with no parental with no parental supervision. Yeah. Nor was there ever an explanation as to how Abby got the okay to do that. Because yeah. like if you walk in, I don't care if you're carrying a badge. Like the people at the hospital, if you start talking to a little girl, will stop you to ask what you're doing there. It's interesting because when you're pointing it out from a logistics viewpoint, it totally makes sense because as viewers, I I actually just accepted it because we know the characters. We know that Abby and Jenny are good, and we know that their intentions are good, and we, you're right, we're taking that for granted because the parents don't know that. Yep. It, it to me, it, I didn't take it for granted. I it was, it bothered me because I'm like, where are the parents? It, Ichabod wanders into this little hut with a little girl alone no established reason why he's there that little girl was ballsy too she was trying to stab that demon yeah but like when ichabod's in there there's a grown man like who just wandered in right i maybe i think there must be a scene on the cutting room floor where they talk to the parents and like establish like we're investigating a blah 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 right and then that's all i needed really if i'd had a 30 second scene where they do that no no problems right um i don't because i don't need an a lengthy explanation right. i'm willing to let it slide i accept that like they let ichabod do it because they question it every now and again and mm-hmm. then but it's up to at basically it, it leans on abby's clout with the people she works for abby has enough power and clout that like when she says this person is important i want him here they're like all right do your thing but they question it just enough that they yeah. should like ramirez last year right questioned that why he was there all the time right so it made sense but it also you're right it also would make sense in this episode where we have to set up uh where we have jenny saying we can't just have us walking in and like testing children for loose teeth you know we have we have to think of something to get us into the school and have a legitimate way to question them yeah um yeah definitely any other thoughts on on uh, on this episode or anything? Uh, I love that last scene where where Ichabod um, is like so high from the the dental stuff. And yeah. Yes. Oh my god! I almost forgot about that scene. He's just he's like I'm adorable. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was a blast, oh, and I do yeah. I do like the addition. That he, there wasn't much of him in this episode, but I do like the addition of Joe Corbin to the team. Yes. Yes. I think he's a good um, addition. And Joe Corbin with some very apt uh uh discussion with with uh with with Ichabod yes. about uh like hooking up with a teammate. Right. Not at all subtly talking about him and Jenny. Yes. Not at all yes. subtle, dude. It's hard not to ship them because those two actors also have really good chemistry together. I, I totally ship them. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not shy about it. I think that they would be great together. Yeah, they have um, really good chemistry together. Yeah. And it's it makes sense in this um, in the sense that you know she they have kind of like a opposite forces going on where she knew his dad really well he maybe didn't but she had all this rogue underground stuff going on and then he's like a, like what is he an EMT like a, or a police officer he's he's he, an EMT yeah. yeah he's an EMT he has some sort of like legitimate form mm-hmm. of income where Jenny has had random jobs here and there. Um, I do. I like illegal yeah, objects around. I like the juxtaposition of that. I also like the idea that they're now gonna, um, they're now gonna look into who, where the girl with the freckles came from. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but from the last episode, the girl who duped them, the girl with the freckles. Oh, oh, she has um, freckles. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so she was the girl with the freckles. I was like, oh, that's the girl with the freckles who duped them. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, uh, I think then before we move into predictions, it's time for a little trip to Sleepington Sleepington Abbey. Abbey. This week, Sleepington Abbey. Did you 
you see that Mr. Crane was caught out in the battlefield preparing for war with his lips pressed against Miss Betsy Ross? Most scandalous! Most scandalous indeed! Did you see that Mr. Ichabod, Ichabod Crane was high as a kite in the dentist's office? Most disgraceful! Most, yeah, most disgraceful! That should be where his behavior is coming from with Miss Ross. He needs to check his drug abuse forthwith. Forthwith. Too sweet. But did you see here that as he is doing this, he is also sending the text messages to another young maiden. With the covered eyeball monkey. The covered eyeball monkey. That is the most scandalous thing of all time. (laughs) And let's do predictions. Yay. (laughs) All right. That segment is most scandalous, just it because, is. oh my god. Uh, you know how for a year we made fun of the Bone Sleepy Hollow crossover? And you know how yep. about an hour ago I saw a preview for the Bone Sleepy Hollow crossover? Yep. And I was like, this looks cool! I like this! <laughs> terrible. I'm a terrible person. I was making fun of this for the whole time, and it looks like a blast. I mean, it'll. Here's the thing. It'll probably be fun. Um, for those people that do enjoy both shows, I'll bet it'll be a blast. I have no connection to the Bones characters. I don't either, but you know what? Um, knowing, seeing David Boreanaz from Buffy play these. I mean, Angel, he actually played Angel as funny. It was like he, once oh, he got yeah. on the Angel show, he had a really. Once, and he was allowed to have. Um, uh, comedic lines he had a great sense of comedic timing and I started to see that in the previews where he's kind of like making fun of Ichabod's jacket yeah this must have been so difficult for the crew around this set mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to say angel around David Boreanaz oh geez <laughs> sorry David Boreanaz that's what made you who you are today yep um I look any of any of you guys who are in the chat role who do watch Bones Please come join us live next week. We're gonna need you. Um, but I, I want to know. I, I want to know Bones fans' reactions to it because that's my biggest thing. Is that like bringing in a Bone expert who does not is not aware of mystical stuff for Sleepy Hollow watchers? Fine, whatever. Yeah. But for Bones fans it's who have never dealt with that, yeah. I heard there was like a ghost in one episode, but like I can't imagine that they I, I like confirmed it as real. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious how Bones fans are gonna react to having the mysticalness of Sleepy Hollow thrown into them. I know because for us, what's going to be a blast for us is is what's always a blast for us in Sleepy Hollow, which is seeing how normal people deal with the weirdness. Yeah, so maybe it'll be fun. Yeah, so for us, I'm like, I, when I was watching that preview, I'm like, oh, it's everything I love when I'm watching Sleepy Hollow, which is seeing how normal people in the town have to deal with this like time-traveling guy and these weird supernatural things. I guess if you're a Bones fan, I don't know if that would bug you or not or be weird or whatever. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah. we'll see what the reactions are. All right. So my big prediction with uh, Zoe. with Zoe, I think as soon as they get, uh, like, Ichabod's going to do his best and he's going to be all gentlemanly. And until he gets his citizenship and maybe even until he, they get the, um, the, the, um, oh, my God, the, the, the building. Oh, the library. The library. Yeah. Um, saved. Mm-hmm. I think he and Zoe, like, right at that point, he and Zoe are going to finally get together. And that's when Pandora is going to strike. And Zoe's going down. And at that same time, Betsy Ross is going to arrive in the future. Interesting. I don't see <laughs> Betsy Ross. It would be I most don't, scandalous I know, of I know an we had time tra- traveling before, but I actually don't know. Like, I don't know if they're going to put her in the future we talked about it a little bit last week i think just like it it feels well, she's a series regular mm-hmm. this year this season it's weird to just keep her in the past with this like dual thing if they never to me it would be weird if they never bring her to present day at all i i don't know we'll say it just if to, to have her around so much of the season mm-hmm. and never pay it off by bringing our version of Gabbard and her together feels like unless they do something big mm-hmm. feels like che- cheating yeah um or like just just a waste i guess like i don't know why she's here all season 
I still don't know why she's here. Yeah. Um, uh, But you know what? What I do know is super useful, much more so than Betsy Ross, um, is DraftKings. um, Because they are one of our fantastic sponsors here at AfterBuzz. DraftKings, for those of you who, who may not know, is fantasy football that you can play one time every week. You don't need to redraft your you don't you get to redraft your team. You don't need to worry about, oh, I had a bad draft and my players are injured or anything like that. I, my team has a lot of problems right now. I drafted Russell Wilson. My fantasy team has problems. Um, but you don't have to worry about that with DraftKings because you can redraft your team every week and enter to make real hard cash. There's a new millionaire getting crowned every week in this game and you can turn your love of football into a life-changing payday you just pick your players pile up the points and then get your cash that's it um you've never experienced football like this this isn't fantasy as usual this is DraftKings, and you can try it for free using the promo code buzz b-u-z-z put that promo code in and you will get a free entry at draftkings.com that's draftkings.com and they've, they're a huge help to us as sponsors because that's how we can bring you these fantastic after shows for free. So please go support them. Go check out DraftKings. And with that. I actually, I want to give a shout out to Eric Olin, who's a longtime fan of this Sleepy Hollow podcast. It's his birthday tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, Eric. So also uh, tweeted him and wish him a happy birthday. Yeah. Um, I know he joined us in the chat roll tonight. So thank you for joining us on your birthday. Um, Jackie, any last thoughts before we say goodbye? Um, nope. Oh, did you notice how Pandora said, hello, sleepyhead? Yes! <laughs> I love that! So, I love just that. like a nice, that was a nice, like, tip of the hat to the fans. She's a fun villain in the sense that she actually does terrify me. I am scared of Pandora. Yeah. I'm scared of her. She's I will, scary. She's unpredictable. We don't know what she's yes. doing. We don't know what she's doing. And but she's kind of a biatch, but in the way that <laughs> evil people are supposed to be. Yeah, we don't know what she's up to, but we know what we'll be up to one week from tonight when we're talking about the Bones Sleepy Hollow Sleepy crossover Bones. special. Sleepy Bones, I like that. Yeah. And you guys can join us then. Be sure to tune in live. It'll be a blast of a show. Jackie, until then, where can people keep up with you? Uh, on my website, 123jackieb.com. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson. Also here at AfterBuzz on a whole slew of shows, including The Leftovers, Doctor Who, Grimm comes back in just like a week and a half. So excited. Guys, I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 